everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Coco and Dalt's podcast. We're real people, and we do real reviews. I'm not Coco. And I'm not Dalt. And why were you shaking your head and looking stern at me when I was doing the <laughs> intro? I'm got, I've got intro voice on right now. I usually look at you sternly. That's so. true. Across yeah. the dinner table, yes. past the salt, and you're like, no. Yeah, I'm like, just, just, just give me the tofurkey and be quiet. <laughs> So, Tofurky, what are we talking about in this particular episode of the podcast? (laughs) Yeah, I just called you (laughs) Tofurky. Well, since today is the day before Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. in the U.S., not in Canada. Or other places. We are thankful for Disney Plus's Andor, Mm -hmm. which just completed its 12-episode first season today, if you're listening to us in real time. It's the story of Cashin Andor, who was last seen in Rogue One. He is part of the Rebel Alliance, played by Diego Luna. Mm -hmm. This season takes place five years before the events of Rogue One. So he has not been vanquished by the Death Star yet. So is this like Rogue Half? Yes. Rogue... 0.25? Quarter Pounder. Yeah. (laughs) So, quarter pounder. <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, the story of how it's an origin story. Mm-hmm. Uh, Diego Luna reprises his role as Cash and Andor. Forrest Whitaker reprises his Rogue One role as Saw Gerrera, a militant insurgent who helps the Rebel Alliance. So there's a lot of characters in Andor. <laughs> it's a vast universe within the star wars universe there's lots of plots subplots etc mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but and we can definitely get into all that but some of the other main characters are luthan rail an antiquities dealer slash uh rebel underground funder played by stellan skarsgård slash middle-aged lesbian <laughs> well we'll get to that okay um <laughs> Sorry, I took your joke, but it, it was just so good. I had to. And now I can't remember who else. Oh, uh, Andy Circus plays Kino Loy, who's mm-hmm. a prisoner uh, and or meets when they are building parts for something. Something that you could probably guess. No, no, um, you couldn't guess. Yeah, there's there's lots going on in Andor. So, and we can definitely talk about the many plots and subplots. So the thread, the thread here is Andor. And his various adventures. Yeah, it's basically so, how he goes from just being a regular everyday guy to being kind of the cold-blooded rebel operative killer that we see in Rogue One. Um, making unwise decisions along the way. Yeah, he's he's not wise to the ways of insurgents so, quite yet. <laughs> so the first episode, one of the very first moments in the whole story that is Andor is him shooting some guys that he probably shouldn't have shot. And then everything just cascades from there. So it's kind of like one of these stories where if you hadn't done that, then you probably wouldn't be running from the Empire all this time. Yeah, so the inciting incident is, uh, well, let me backtrack. When he was a small child, he was not on the planet of Ferrix, which is where he was largely raised and which is where quite a bit of the action in Andor takes place. Uh, I believe his home planet is called Canari. A 
Republic, because this is back in the days before the Empire, uh, a Republic ship crashes. And when his adoptive parents come to Canari to scavenge, he gets left behind and they don't want to leave him to nefarious hands. Um, so they take him. So there's in the first like episode or two, especially there's a lot of themes of like colonialism yeah, and white yeah. saviorism. Um, yep. You know, this young native boy is being taken by, you know, Marva and or played by Fiona Shaw, who's a white lady and her partner um, who is not white, but they take him away from his home planet for a better life. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but away that, from his culture, yeah. His but away from his culture, his family, and um, he does have a lot of friends on Ferrix and stuff. But he's still so the inciting incident. This is a long ways to get back to that. Is he's now looking for his sister. He goes to another planet because he got a hot tip that that's where she's at. She is supposedly not there, but he gets jumped by a couple guys. He ends up killing them. Uh, the subcontracted security company on that planet gets a bee in their bonnet trying to track him down and it turns into a whole thing where now he's being tracked by imperial security forces. He tries to sell some of that canary looted booty that his adoptive (laughs) parents stole uh, to fund his getaway. That's how he crosses paths with Stellan Skarsgård who sets him up on a prison break slash heist on another Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, so there's a lot going on. So, so to me, <laughs> so there's 12 episodes, which you yeah. mentioned. This is on Disney Plus, obviously. 12 episodes. To me, it's broken up into thirds. So one third is him trying to get away from being on the lamb, you know, because right. he shot the guys. Mm-hmm. And then the middle third is the heist movie where they're trying to break into the Republic, it's Republic's damn thing. Yeah. And they're trying to blow it up and change the world for good. And then the other third is a prison escape movie. Because he, uh, through a he series gets- unfor- of unfortunate events after the heist at the <laughs> Imperial Fort Knox, uh, he manages to escape. But then he, through a series of unfortunate events, ends up... <laughs> In an imperial prison, making parts for the Death Star, and that's where he runs into Andy Circus, and then there's a prison break, and so I'm wondering yeah. if that the series of unfortunate events that lead to his incarceration, I wonder if that was a statement about racial profiling, because there are a lot of statements in this series. There are a lot of, like you said, a lot of things about colonialism. There's classism. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of things like that. So it felt a little weird. It's like he was jaywalking, and the next thing you know, he's like spending jail. You know. Spending the rest of his life in jail. It was one of those kind of things. Right. And and there's also, I mean, we have that in this country too. I mean, there's like the school to prison pipeline, you know, like kids, yeah. you know, they play hooky for one day and now they're in prison because we need that sweet slave labor to make, <laughs> to make the country go round. So, you know, it's probably a commentary on that as well. Yeah, so. I, I think you're oh, right. Oh, Genevieve O'Reilly has a large role as young Mon Mothma. So the whole uh, Mothma... I can't believe I forgot Mon Mothma. Mothma storyline, she's the senator, right? And she's like sort of funding the rebellion, but not really. And there's that whole storyline to me was kind of unnecessary. Wow. I felt it was just, it just bogged everything down. Like the action when Andor was in there. Okay, so let me back up. There's not enough Andor in this movie. 
or in this series, I should say. It feels like he's the thread line, but we only touch on him like for maybe a third of each one of the episodes. And then the other two thirds are the governor, the senator, and then like uh, Stellan Skarsgård. And like, there's so many characters in this series that, like you mentioned, that it's hard to keep track. Like I remember, so we binge watched a bit of it and then we paused and then we watched some more of it and then we finalized it in the last couple of days. And there were times it was like, Oh yeah, that guy. <laughs> like the the poor man's Kyle McLaughlin, the guy who was with the uh, he was the security uh, company that got you know he totally got ripped a new one because he went off the reservation so to speak and tried to get Andor back from this whole thing, this whole murder to begin with. Like that was an un- unnecessary unnecessary storyline too, I think, because we just like he he didn't really pull the plot along. Like he, he moved it along in a little bit, but he didn't need to, he didn't need to, to keep going in this story. Like he could have just faded away. He did fade away for a few episodes. He, uh, he was very prominent and in the beginning, in the beginning. And then he faded away. And then the last couple episodes he came back. So I think he is going to play a more prominent role in season two. Uh, There is going to be a second season. This is only going to be a two season show. It's going to go right into the events of Rogue One after mm-hmm. second the second season. So uh, that guy, uh, his character's name is, I believe, Cyril. See, this is why you do the summaries, because I can't remember anybody's names. And then uh, he he was an employee of like the subcontracted planetary security company right. that went after Andor for the murder of those two guys who jumped him. And then, uh, he, but then he loses his job. Yeah, and he loses in with his, his job, mother. and he moves in with his mom, and that was a great relationship. <laughs> and and, that was also a universal theme too. <laughs> and then there's another, uh, the ISB supervisor named Deidre Miro, um, I believe, played by Denise Gao, Goff, whatever. Uh, they kind of join forces ish mm-hmm. at the end of episode twelve. So I believe those two are going to play a large role in season two, as well as Stellan Skarsgård, because the cliffhanger, quote unquote, is Andor telling Luthen Rail, kill me or take me with you. So so I think we know what's going to happen because there is a Rogue One. Yeah, because Rogue One exists in the future. So As you mentioned at the end, <laughs> I was like, this is not resolved at all. And you're like, well, it sort of is because we know that... <laughs> we know he lives. We know he's in the movie. <laughs> right. Unless the whole movie is a dream sequence or right, something like that. It's like Bobby Ewing. Yeah. Like, like wakes up in the shower and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I watched Diego Luna in the shower. I'm not going to lie. Now so. stop. So, so, uh, so what did you think then of... Uh, Oh, I already offered my opinion on some of it. So you offer your opinion on some of it. Oh, I freaking loved it. Did you really? I loved everything about it. I wish this was like a 24 episode season. Wow. Like seriously, I I loved the Mon Mothma parts. Um, you did, really? I I tend to like political thrillers, oh, I yeah. think, more than you do. Yeah. Um, it felt a kind of Games of Thronesy to me. Yeah, I, I love that where somebody says something and there's 8 million subtext to it. Like, you know, I, I loved it. Like, and you could feel the tension. Like, mm-hmm. they're walking that, it, you know, she's in the Imperial Senate and she's funding the rebellion. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. she's she's going to die mm-hmm. if she gets found out. So you can just feel her walking that tightrope the mm-hmm. whole time. So, I and she marries her daughter off um, mm-hmm. at the end, like, not wanting to, but for the greater good because now she's going to secure funding like further funding because her accounts are being watched. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I loved 
the Mon Mothma parts. I loved Stellan Skarsgård. I thought he was great. The action sequences were freaking fantastic. The Fort Knox mm-hmm. heist, that whole episode, I was just on the edge of my seat the whole time. The prison break, mm-hmm. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. Like there was no episode that I thought was not was lesser in quality than any of the other other episodes. Like mm-hmm. that was one of my issues with Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like overall I liked that series because it's Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen is back and yay, mm-hmm. you know, but it was it was uneven. Mm-hmm. You know, it was there were like some episodes that made me have like 47 orgasms and then there were some episodes that were just okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and the storylines, you know, were okay. Liked them, didn't love them. Mm-hmm. This one every single thing I loved it. I loved every single thing about this. Wow. So high praise indeed. I will say that um, having said all the things that I said earlier, this is definitely the best one of all the Disney Star Wars series. Like it's better than Mandalorian. It's better than the Book of Boba Fett. Better than Obi-Wan Kenobi was a high bar. I think it's better than that. Um, I think as I mentioned to you, Coco, when we were watching it in the early going, it's like, what a difference good acting makes. Right. And what a difference, like, even even if the dialogue is not tremendously better, um, and it is a little bit in spots, but it's it's sort of Star Wars-y in its dialogue quality. Um, but the acting, man, it was just so much better. Like, Diego Luna doesn't do a lot of acting. He just kind of looks... You know, very, very surly and smoky and, <laughs> you know, doesn't doesn't really do a lot of acting. But he's really good. And Stellan Scar- Skarsgård is really good. And a lot of the actors are really good. And we're not even mentioning a lot of the non-marquee name right, actors. Right. Like, there are so many supporting players who are just fantastic. Exactly. And that was kind of what I was going to as well. Is Sorry. that No, that's okay. <laughs> is that... Um, in this, in the cheesy Star Wars stuff, like, the secondary characters are just... You just, like, that person is clearly acting. And whereas in this one, I, I I had the sense that everybody was had really good acting chops. Now most of them are from the UK based on their accents. So <laughs> there I don't were a know. lot of Scots in this series. Right. <laughs> and I was like, this is the best British made movie ever made <laughs> right. or British made series. Um, and I, that made me think too: is like, what is it about the people in the UK who just love science fiction? They just love the science fiction. It's a culture that's got such a rich history, and yet they love science fiction. Anyway. Um, but I agree with you. Like the the tension was amazing, the 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 heist part of it and the breakout of of prison were fantastic. The tension was really good, and I will pay this a, a compliment. And it's not going to sound like a compliment, but this series did not feel like a Star Wars series to me at all. It felt like it was it was gritty. It was much grittier. It than- was it was dark in places, um, like darker, not dark as in you know some of the darker movies you've ever seen, but dark for Disney and dark for Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And you know Diego Luna is not exactly a, a likable character in some ways. You know he's killing guys, and you you see a lot of shooting and death and guys getting blown away and stuff like that, and not in the Disney Star Wars way, whereas people get killed off camera, or, <laughs> or like the stormtroopers are shooting at cans and missing them in the desert. You know what I mean? Like right. it was a completely different vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, and the and the home planet of Diego Luna's character, uh, Ferrix or whatever it was, um, you could tell that it was that was like a a working class planet. Everybody were they seemed like they were miners. I don't think there are any showers on that planet because everybody was pretty nasty looking in every scene. Um, but nonetheless, I, I agree with you. Like this, this was a real wild ride and I enjoyed a lot of it. I, I, I 
I didn't come out of an episode like I have in previous, like Mandalorian or Boba Fett, and I was like, that didn't do anything for me. That particular right. episode mm-hmm. didn't do anything for me. Whereas in this series, I was I was engaged from the get go. The I don't think I mentioned this. Most of the episodes were right around forty five ish minutes mm-hmm. long. Mm-hmm. The finale was fifty seven, and like, yeah, the last like eight minutes of that is probably credits. But it did none of these episodes felt like their actual length right like right you know i wasn't sitting there looking sign. yeah i wasn't sitting there looking at my watch like oh we still got 20 minutes left oh 57 minutes you know like right. there were probably the last three episodes we looked at each other and we were like it's over already yeah. like what you know and it was kind of the opposite almost in terms of when you look at your phone sometimes you're like oh how much more have i got to do with this but then you look at your phone and you're like oh there's not much left of this right like it was the opposite mm-hmm. so Full marks to the team that did this. This was not a John Favreau-led no. uh, production. It was uh, a Tony can, Gilroy. Yeah, and you can feel that because the Favreau, you know, he did Mandalorian and Boba Fett and all those sort of, uh, I believe. Um, yeah, I think Dave Filoni might have done Boba Fett, but don't quote me on that. Yeah, and there's But I like, mean, yeah, they're kind of the same person. Yeah, they're sort of the same <laughs> camp, right? Yeah, totally. Um, whereas this felt like it was, like I said, it felt like it was not necessarily an independent production, but certainly gritty gritty star wars and i really i really liked it like i read some reviews some early reviews of it i caught the uh even though i don't like to look at reviews i saw the display text sometimes on twitter and such and people are saying it was like blade runner and it's like alien it's like no i don't think it was that i don't think it was that kind of gritty and that kind of dark but it certainly was on the on the star wars spectrum it was certainly closer to those than it was to like the shiny death star and all that sort of stuff yeah it uh Rogue One is my favorite Star Wars movie that Disney has done. And that's a dark movie. Yeah. Like, especially that end scene with Vader just killing dozens of rebels, like after, you know, the uh, Death Star plans get beamed off of Scarif Mm -hmm. before uh, Andor dies. And, uh, (laughs) wait, what? (laughs) And I mean, that is, that is a dark scene, but Mm. that is just iconic. I watched that scene on YouTube at least once a month. I watched it a couple times today in anticipation of the Andor finale. And so this is, uh, so that's what you're doing when you're like, (laughs) I'm like I gotta work. You yeah, know? Go, I gotta work, and then you and then you close your laptop really fast when I come upstairs. Right. Like, How's it going, eh? And you're like, <laughs> just just working. I'm you know. doing uh, research. <laughs> and this was this was much more in line with the tone of Rogue One mm-hmm. than like mm-hmm. The Force Awakens or The Rise of Skywalker, which was just kind of all over the place, right? So yeah, so uh, so Rogue. I don't know what it says about me that Rogue One is my favorite Disney Star Wars movie and Andor is now my favorite Disney Star Wars live action series. <laughs> I would agree with you on those on both of those. Like I really liked uh, Rogue One as well. Um, I, I've only think I've only seen it the one time with you. Oh, we can watch it. So we can watch it again. Yeah, we're totally maybe have watch a greater appreciation for it yeah. uh, as well now that I have a little bit of backstory. Um, another thing to add to, uh, I'm a, I'm a geek for this kind of stuff, but the sound was really good. The, um, the sets were spectacular. Like I, I'm, I'm at a point in my life right now where I'm like, how much did they spend on that set? And how much of it did, did it go in the landfill after they used it? Oh no. Because some of the, but some of those sets were amazing. Like 
the the prison felt very much like a 2001 homage with the space station yeah, with all brightly lit white and some metallic but it was just it was just fantastic what's that george lucas movie that he did back in the 70s yeah, thx yeah it was yeah. definitely like an homage to yes to that for yeah. sure well I and was, that was wow. a that was an homage to 2001 because kubrick right. they were peers at that time right yeah, yeah. um so that was again the sets were amazing and it, and it was a very uh, the, I know I, I, I sort of criticized the, the senator storyline, but the stark contrast between those two worlds was evident mm-hmm. and it was apparent and it was intentional. So the, you know, the senator is having these very high class dinners and everybody's all dressed up and they kind of look like, uh, uh, you it know, was, like samurai. It was and, slightly jarring that there's a bunch of white people walking around dressed like samurai. Like, I don't know, you know, what the culture of like Chandrilla is, but I'm like, ooh, is that the best costuming we can come up with for a bunch of white people like i don't know but like to my point is that the it was shiny and and new and and glorious and luxurious yeah and then uh and then you go into the the world of where diego luna and his characters are and everything was just subterranean and i found it interesting too that the the selection of colors for the wardrobes they were their yellows and the camouflage greens and stuff like that was a very very unusual and some reds and things like that. I don't know if you noticed that as much as I did, but it was also, again, it felt very much not like Disney or mm-hmm. not like Star Wars Disney. It felt like a very unusual take on the future or like alternative reality or whatever it happens to be. So uh, I, I get full mar- marks right across the board. I really enjoyed it a lot. And I'm not saying that because you love it. <laughs> <laughs> and, you, and I'm not revising my mark at all. I, I stand by my point about the senator story. It just and maybe that was because there were a lot of low talkers in that, and yeah. I was kind of having a trouble having trouble following. I got the basic gist that there was political shenanigans going on there, <laughs> um, but I could have you know it's 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 like a stark contrast to me. It was it was it was sort of the comparison of okay, here we're watching a hockey game. Okay, and now let's go to a city hall meeting. Right. Totally. And it's like these two things. It's like, oh, kill me. It's just because it was so stark. Because the the tension, and the and the and the action, like you mentioned, of those other scenes were just so off the top, amazing, great. Um, that it compared to the you know a bunch of white people standing around having a meeting. <laughs> yeah. It was was a little bit not as thrilling. I will say. Uh... The one jarring thing for me was Mon Mothma's old flame slash current confidant from Chandrilla, who is helping her obtain shady funding mm-hmm. for her rebel activities, looks exactly like celebrity chef Jeffrey Zakarian. Because <laughs> I used to watch a lot of the Food Network. Did you really? I did, yeah. And uh, he, like, every time he showed up, I'm like, is he going to make an omelet now? Like, what's <laughs> in his in his samurai outfit? Like, you know, is he going to, like... Chop up some sushi or <laughs> right? something? Like, you know. <laughs> so. See, that wasn't going through my mind, so I'm glad that we watched it together. See, this is the analysis you can't get just anywhere, listener. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, 26 Letters... What are you offering up here, Coco? A. A. Giving it an A. Wow. Not an A plus. Maybe toward Maybe. leaning? Toward yeah, it? I might be leaning toward an A plus, yeah. You know you could give an have A plus. I, have I given anything an A plus before? I know, I don't think so. I don't I don't know. Other than our love. Well, besides that. Yeah. Yeah. Um I would uh, and so uh stream, I would imagine oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely commit to the twelve episodes. Yeah. Yeah, and it you could 
my thought originally was for us to, because it's a holiday weekend in the States, like knock all of them out this weekend, but Dalt's Nope. Did not want to do that, and but you could very easily do that because we we actually ended up watching like I think nine in a row <laughs> in a row, yeah. and we were like, oh no, there's three more. We were like angry that we didn't have those final three, like they hadn't dropped yet. It's it only dropped once a week. They're doing the linear thing, which angers me. Yeah. So, but now F you can Disney, watch them all. That's an F for the linear. <laughs> F for fail. Yes. I uh, I I do admit that I I'm not a big binge watcher because my ass gets flat pretty fast, <laughs> uh, so I don't want to do that. But I think that this would be the kind of series that you could do that for the reasons you mentioned, but also because there's so many characters yeah. that if you go a couple of weeks between episodes, you might. And there are recaps, of course. You can watch the recap, um, but. There was again. You might be better off if you watch like two or three in a row, and then what, the next night and watch two or three or that kind of thing, because you lose track of some of the storylines. Otherwise, um, I would give it a seven and a half out of ten. Wow! So that's up from my usual seven. Yeah. And I would uh, absolutely recommend it as a as a watch. Um, I think it's if you're coming to this podcast and you're like, wonder what I should watch on Disney right now that's Star Warsy. I would watch this one and don't bother with some of the other ones, The Mandalorian and and uh, Boba Fett. They're kind of disappointing, even though they were had a lot of promise. Um, so I would I would definitely watch this one. Well, Mandalorian first season was really good. Mandalorian second season was yeah. It's just the acting, okay. though. Like yeah. now, now that we have those in the rearview mirror, and we have Obi Wan, and we have Andor and ahead of us. Like, if you were to go back and watch those, you'd be like, "Ah, oh, the acting." Yeah, like the entire series of Andor, and then like especially the final two episodes of Obi Wan, where mm-hmm. it's you and McGregor and Hayden Christensen just putting on like a master class of acting. Yeah. you know, every yeah. every minute of those episodes, like. Those are those are some high bars yeah. to clear. So whatever comes next in the Disney Plus Star Wars universe has got got a lot to live up to. What is next? Do you know what's next? Oh, I think uh, I think it's Tales of the Jedi. I don't think that's live action though. Is it the origin of Chewbacca? Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> just nothing but him going. <laughs> oh, the levels are off the chart when you just did that. I backed up from the mic too. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, so anything else to add, Coco, about Andor? No. And it's not like and slash or, like, you know, grammatical terms. It's Andor, the guy's name. Right. Right. Um, so on that note, we should close the podcast. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. And for those who don't celebrate Happy Thanksgiving... Happy Thursday in November. (laughs) So for another episode of the podcast, I'm not Coco. And I'm not Dalton.